Are you, like pretty much every parent of younger kids I know, looking for a smart entertainment option for your kids? Designed for kids ages six and up, Mysteries About True Histories, also known as Math, How Smart Is That?, is a weekly podcast full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and humor. And while kids will enjoy the stories anchored around characters like troublesome trolls, pirate queens, and mysterious aunts, adults can benefit too. I admittedly delighted in learning a thing or two about Pythagoras and triangles in one episode. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code-breaking, pattern-solving, and more, all weaving humor in with education to make learning fun. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, your host, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you will come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Hello friends, in October, something wild happened. So one day, it was just the weekend, I texted Asha out of the blue. I knew she was traveling, but I couldn't really remember exactly where she was. She had just popped into my mind and I just wanted to text her and let her know I was thinking of her and hoping she was having a great time on her travel adventures. And she wrote back asking, hey buddy, did you see my text yesterday? which I hadn't. And yes, it seems like my phone is dying and I'm going through this phase of missing a lot of texts, which is rather alarming. And I freaked out a little bit in that moment when I heard why she was texting me, but I was really glad the texts worked when I checked in. Anyway, it turned out that Asha was still in fact in transit, but that she realized she had a long layover at Boston's Logan Airport, which is not very far from my house. So the amazing thing is the next day I got to spend a few hours with Asha and her husband Rail at Logan. It was sort of comical, the whole thing, because Logan doesn't really have a lot of great places to sit down and hang out pre-security, but we made it work. And most importantly, we got to catch up and it was so wonderful and honestly a little surreal because I couldn't even remember the last time I had seen her in person given pandemic time and everything else. Anyway, it was so wonderful. And it also made me really, really nostalgic about her and the show. And so I decided that it would be fun to think a little more concretely about some episodes with Asha to bring out of the locked archive. I need to do some further listen throughs and thinking about episodes to elevate and listens through to make sure that the content is still relevant today. And when I listened to episode number 16, originally published November 2015 on Less Is More Thanksgiving, I just thought, okay, 
this is the perfect place to start. We are on the brink of a busy holiday season, and I loved how evergreen and helpful the tips are. This conversation with Asha is filled with practical tips. Importantly, I want to point out our orientation is not around getting mega efficient to do more in less time, but to figure out how to edit and do less. I think you will really appreciate this conversation and the different things we talk about tactically. Now, I also have an announcement related to today's episode and also the emotional side of Thanksgiving, which as I think we all know, can be a lot. I am super excited about next week. If you don't already know the wonderful Casey Davis, I am thrilled to be introducing you to her. Casey is a licensed professional counselor, author, speaker, and the person behind the mental health platform Struggle Care. She has a podcast by the same name and is the author of How to Keep House While Drowning. Casey and I recently connected, and we are launching a two-part series about gratitude during hard seasons. Part one will go live on Struggle Care on Monday of next week, and part two will go live here on Thursday of next week. These conversations are so wonderful. Casey is a deep thinker, a super smart person, just wonderful. I loved chatting with her, and I think these conversations will really help you Because listen, we are amidst hard seasons. Now, before we get to the conversation with me and Asha, one last note. I wanted to read a wonderful message I received from a listener related to the recently published episode, Pursuing a Life of Good Work with Danielle Koch Balfour. And in fact, it is related to hard seasons because we are most definitely in one from a global perspective. I did receive consent to share this note, and I'm very grateful to do so now. I listened again to the episode with Daniel Coke Balfour when driving back from a soccer away game. My daughter said she was feeling down lately about the future. Like everyone, she is feeling the sadness, anxiety about war, climate, the list goes on. I love what Danny says about instead using your gifts for right now. Such concrete advice is so helpful. I also struggle with feeling like I have to be more accomplished before I can get involved. It always means so much for me to hear from listeners. So thank you to the listener who shared this kind comment and also to Daniel Koch Balfour for the wisdom she shared on our episode. We'll be right back. Did you know that hyaluronic acid naturally occurs in our skin, but decreases gradually as we age, leading to thinner, drier skin? If you're looking for support hydrating your skin from the inside out, check out one of the tools in my hydration arsenal, Rituals Hyacera, which I take every morning. Rituals products are tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals, and Hyacera is clinically proven to reduce fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. They also engage in industry-leading sustainability standards and are a female-founded B Corp which means they hold themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. Want to join me in hydrating from the inside out? Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com edit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. 
That's ritual.com slash edit for 25% off. Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. We thought it would be a, a, a nice nice thing to talk about Thanksgiving. I mean, Thanksgiving is just its my favorite holiday. I love Thanksgiving. and. I just feel like what's so nice about it is right at the beginning of this very busy holiday season, the agenda for Thanksgiving is just so simple. It's gratitude, togetherness, food, pretty much that's it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love the fact that we eat the same food every year. Anyway, it just feels like it's a setup for relaxation. And yet once you actually try to (laughs) try to pull it off, pull off hosting a Thanksgiving meal, it's just not simple at all. You know, it's just mm-hmm. a it's a big logistical challenge. And I think also it's it can be emotionally complicated with lots of, you know, family members and things going on and expectations. It's just really easy to lose that gratitude part when you're overwhelmed by the details. Yes, I am totally with you on all counts. Um, you had re- referred to something in some of our correspondence earlier as just on the logistical side, the oven Tetris. And that has always been an issue for me. <laughs> but um I find the logistics can be a drag. And though I know we are super, super lucky to have a lot of family in close proximity, it's also really challenging for us. Oh, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's funny how you talk about your family being in close proximity. I'm in the opposite. Mm-hmm. I mean, in many ways, you and I have opposite sort of just family setups and that you have a large family and they're all nearby. And I have a very small family and they're all sort of distributed. And I, I'm in Portland, Oregon. Some of my family's in Los Angeles. Some are in the Bay Area. So seeing my whole family, at least on my side of the family, it involves traveling. And so it's a, there's so both the travel piece and also that whole thing about setting up our own little nuclear family traditions. That's also mm-hmm. th- those things always come up for us. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's a lot going on with Thanksgiving. And um, so I, I just we we thought it would be a nice topic to discuss here with you all because, um, you know, we wanted to talk about simplifying Thanksgiving, but I think it's really important to be clear that we're not talking about how to do more in less time, like how to cook more dishes, how to somehow, you know, shove more stuff into the time we have. We're talking about how to do less, actually how to remove items from our to-do list so we can really enjoy it more, but without in any way sort of taking away from how special it is or taking away from the ritual. Yes. You're so wise all the time, Asha. <laughs> hey, this is like you and I both ca- came up with this. I think, you know. I know, but it's just the, the idea the of 
you know, because I, I will say that I am guilty oftentimes in my work mode um, or I need constant reminders to be mindful about not always gunning for that efficiency model, you know, doing more and less time. That's what all week long for my clients and for various things that I that I do. I'm always kind of it's it's astounding. It, it it makes my head hurt a little bit. It makes John's head hurt a little bit when you see at the end of the day when we come together and it's clear that my mind is still worrying. He's like, oh, God, just, you know. Please take a take a second, decompress somewhere, <laughs> take it down. So, you know, doing less around the holidays, I really love this idea. It doesn't mean that you don't care about things or that things aren't going to be fun and meaningful by doing less. It just means you're being mindful about the choices you are making and choosing to do what matters most. Right. Absolutely. And I think, too, it doesn't even mean it. it, it you know, we're not talking, you know, just use paper plates and buy this, you know, turkey from the grocery, you know, whatever. It, it's it's like you said about being mindful about choosing those things that you really care about and just realizing that it doesn't have to be everything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now let's get into it. Okay. I know we have a bunch of really good tips about less is more Thanksgiving. And my first one is one that I cannot stress enough and it is to delegate. I actually have a post on Boston Mamas that we'll link up in the show notes. It's called um, it's on seven reasons why delegation is awesome. <laughs> and you know, one of the first points, and it was funny, you reminded me that I wrote this. I totally forgot I did. And then I read it and was like, oh, that's pretty smart. Yeah. But <laughs> but it's to um, that one of my favorite things about delegating for something like Thanksgiving, if you do kind of a potluck style, is that it actually starts the holiday off with unity. It can be, as we discussed, very stressful to bring a family together, both emotionally and logistically. And starting off with a potluck is a real unifying gesture as soon as everybody walks through the door. So I just, I really love that. I think I I need to do that again this year now that I've been reminded that I said that. Well, you know, it's funny when I reread that post, I uh, I had actually never thought about it that way before. I sort of just thought about potluck as a logistical trick, you know, mm -hmm. meaning everyone brings something. It's easier for everyone. It's fun to eat everybody's different foods. But I never really thought about the sort of deeper unifying feeling of that. And you're so right. I mean, once you said it, it was obvious. But I think that's I think that's actually somewhat I just think that's sort of profound, actually. I love that. I just think it's great. I'm so. smiling because I like to be profound every now and then. <laughs> I feel like it they're happens. usually the profound ones. So I'm like, oh, yay. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think the other reason that popped up for me was because because we travel every year for Thanksgiving to see family out of town we rarely cannot bring a potluck dish. And I know mm. there have been times when I've, you know, I've seen my cousins working so hard or, or my aunt or my mom or, or whoever to pull off the meal. And I sort of wish that we could have been there, you know, cooking the food. I, I think that that's pretty wonderful, but you know, you know, that's the way it goes. So anyway, so my, uh, my tip is actually uh, for those of you who have, younger children, and maybe even older children, I think sometimes it's, well, the tip is to do a practice run beforehand. Let me explain what I mean. I know that when my kids were younger and we would suddenly come into a, any social situation that had lots of people, there was a certain unpredictability in terms of behavior. And even sometimes I think it made um, my kids anxious. Like really the um, behavior expectations were suddenly different. Um, you know, there are cousins around, so everyone wants to go nuts, but also they have to sit nicely at the table. I, I, I really found that doing a practice run, reminding kids, 
what everyone's names are, maybe showing them pictures of their relatives they haven't seen in a while. Maybe even, uh, I'm not saying cook a whole Thanksgiving meal the day before or the week before, but just reminding them what to expect, serving a couple of the foods, just anything you can do to get kids in that mode if they need it, I think can really, really help. I, I actually have a, this tip came from a Parent Hacks reader many years ago, and I thought it was genius. And I will link that tip up in the show notes. I think that's great. And I love the idea of showing photos, especially, you know, if you haven't seen people in a while. And I will add to this, this is sort of like tip 2B, <laughs> but related to that. But I, I got to say, I, when, especially when you're coming together and you haven't seen each other in a while, the one thing that I am really firm about is I don't make my kids force them to give everybody hugs anymore. Uh, yes. You know, that makes uh -huh. me crazy. Like, I, Right. I, there's a lot of expectations for kids to just like run into the arms of people they don't even know. And I'm just I'm just like over that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's um, high fives. It, we just offer something else. We offer high fives. No hugs. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I think in, in all seriousness, it's it's interesting. Uh, boy, we could talk about this one for a long time because uh, I know that when for us, Thanksgiving really brings up for me my own childhood memories and how I acted as a kid. Mm -hmm. And so when I was an adult and was bringing my own children into what was essentially my Thanksgiving tradition, the fact that they didn't act the way I used to act was actually really unsettling for me. Sure, it was like, wait a minute, when I was a kid, I didn't do that. And I, uh, it took some, it really took some time a couple of years to sort of figure out, oh, yeah, they're actually different people. And we sort of need to adjust our rhythms a little bit to accommodate the fact that there's a whole new generation of different people at our Thanksgiving. Yeah. It sounds so silly and obvious, but it really took a while. Okay. I, I am totally digressing right now, and I, I promise I will be done very shortly digress, digressing, but this just brought up this memory for me of why I think I, of that feeling of things being very different. And I had this aunt who and this is why I don't force my kids to get too close to anybody. I had this aunt who as soon as she would see us, and this is when we're a little bit we're like tweens, as soon as she would walk in the door, she'd give a hug, give a really hard pat on the back, and then she would um pull the front of your shirt open and look down it to see if you were developing it. Oh no. It was no. like sixteen candles. Oh my god. Oh my that I really mean, that happened. could be funny if it weren't horrible. Yeah. Isn't it amazing that I'm such oh. a big hugger after that? Because I still love hugging people. But that I was like, OK, I'm staying away from the aunt now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, talk about negative conditioning. Oh, Lord. OK. Anyway, so sorry about that digression. But this that's evidence for why you shouldn't force your kids to hug people. Uh, <laughs> right. Oh. Anyway. So, OK, so my third tip is a lot more. We're, we're getting away from the emotional um burns and scars, but it's to <laughs> not stress over the table setting. And I know this sounds totally ridiculous, but I used to be totally stressed out about table settings. Um, part of this, maybe you have been related to my longtime angst that you know about, about not having a proper dining table to feed people around. Mm -hmm. But I think, um, you know, really the point is going to be about the food. And I have a couple posts that my beloved friend Paige of Tess and Ted Interiors has written about really simple and easy and beautiful table settings. I'll link those up. But my most immediate tip on this is to just go with what you have, add some little accents if you like, you know, and that could be leaves from the backyard. Um, I know a really easy trick that always works is to go monochromatic. I have white plates and white serveware. I have a photo that I'll share of my like go-to table setting, but just keep it simple. Don't stress out about it. 
have your kids help with it and it'll be all good. Yes. Very, you know, it's funny. You say, um, doesn't this sound ridiculous, but I don't think it sounds ridiculous at all. I mean, I think actually, I, if you think about the iconic image of Thanksgiving, you know, that Norman Rockwell painting, Mm -hmm. And you think about all the holiday catalogs and you think about, I mean, just all of the images. There's a huge, it's like a table. Porn. Tra- <laughs> well, and I think, too, there's this whole notion that your table, if you're if you have a properly sort of. Happy family, your table will reflect the beauty. And I, I just think there's really more to it than just getting stressed out about the table. I don't think it's ridiculous at all. So I'm glad you said something because. um yeah, I think it's I think that's really I think that's real. And, um, you know, it's funny when you say about decorating with leaves and things. It's so true. Like you really could send your kids out to find some pine cones or something. Yeah. And dip those guys in some glue and glitter and put them on the table. And even that with a couple of little tea light candles. And so cute. It's really cute. So anyway, I'm glad you I'm glad you talked about that. I'm getting over my uh, yeah, I'm getting over my trauma. of Now I have a dining table, but I, I still now I don't stress about table settings anymore. So I've I've evolved in the last couple of years. I remember when you got that dining table. I know that was I mean, a big it was deal. A, it, was, it was like a big, big grown up moment. Yeah, it was very grown up. <laughs> so uh, our dining table was the first piece of real furniture we ever purchased. And so I feel very attached to it. Yeah, yeah. Totally. It is literally in the center of my house. It is where everything happens. It's important. Yeah. So my next tip is also very practical, and that is sort of along the same lines. Consider purchasing some ready-made versions of the dishes that you just don't want to cook. And Mm -hmm. I just think we all need to give ourselves permission to not have the entire meal be homemade. It's really, it doesn't have to be all homemade, especially if there's something there that you just feel like, you know, my local Whole Foods does mashed potatoes better than I do. So let Whole Foods take care of the mashed mm-hmm. potatoes mm-hmm. Or, or whatever it is. I actually, um, uh, one reader wrote to me once and said that she bought her family's entire Thanksgiving dinner from a local sort of deli slash cafe. And I'm talking everything, the turkey, the stuffing, the mashed potatoes, the green beans, the pie, everything. And she insisted that it wasn't that much more expensive than buying all of the ingredients herself and cooking it. And she Mm -hmm. just, she loved it. It worked for her. I mean, it certainly wouldn't work for everyone because I think so many of us get great pleasure from preparing this meal. I mean, I think that the ritual of preparing the meal is sometimes as important as eating the meal. Mm -hmm. But even if you just pick up the pies or pick up one to two side dishes just to reduce the number of moving parts, it can take a load off. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, it occurs to me that I love to cook and I love to bake, but I know a lot of people don't, but you might be, so you might be somebody who really doesn't like to cook, but you love bringing people together in your home. And so that's really the important piece. And that, and that's like where you either outsource or you pot, do potluck or you do something where you don't end up doing a job you hate and then getting grumpy and festering about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And on the other, and on the other side, if you're a person who really, you know, can't stand crowds. Maybe some years it really is okay to have a small and quiet Thanksgiving. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. Again, we're we're always talking about first check in with yourself, you know, to figure out what's meaningful and, you know, joyful for you and your family and go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. 
The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, so my uh, next tip, we touched on a little bit just a a couple tips ago, but it is to give your kid jobs. And I don't mean, you know, scrubbing the toilets, although if they want to do that, awesome. But um, one thing I often hear from parents around this time is the struggle of trying to get the things done with the kids underfoot. And, um, you know, my favorite ways to kind of flip that from them being underfoot to them being part of the day. So, for example, one year Oh, so cute. We had we were hosting and uh, one year Laurel made just she got this idea. She decided to make paper bag puppets for all of our guests. And then we all did a puppet show together. Oh, man. Oh, my God. It was so cute. It was really, really cute. And then, you know, right now, Violet is so excited about learning her letters and writing that whenever we have people over for dinner, I ask her to make place cards. So everybody's got like a cute place card with their name in her hand, which is so cute. Or like we had mentioned earlier, you know, have them help collect pine cones or whatever. Just have them be part of it so they're, they're, they don't feel, they feel like part of it and not an imposition on your day. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. In fact, uh, I have a post about exactly this, exactly this topic with specific ideas for how to get your kids involved, no matter what age they are. So I will be sure to link that up. I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, I not just... Not just for the help, but because, you know, let's remember these traditions, they're going to take them into their own lives someday. Mm -hmm. And so when they when they grow up feeling like they really are a part, a useful part of Thanksgiving, they're going to take that into their own lives. I mean, that's sort of what I'm looking at right now, because my kids are in middle and high school. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about, you know, what from these traditions are they going to take with them? And so it's it's funny when you sort of think about it like that but boy that comes it comes so quickly yeah it sure does 
Yeah. So um, my tip, my next tip really is for those of you who are traveling for Thanksgiving. So we travel every year for Thanksgiving. And one thing that I have learned and really try to do every year now is to build in some downtime at home. So in other words, instead of coming home at 1.30 a.m. on Sunday and then sending the kids to school on Monday, I actually take an earlier flight on Sunday so that we can just be home for a few hours before the sun goes down and just get over that hectic Thanksgiving travel. Um, I love that. Build in a little bit more of a transition time for yourself and your kids because it just, I don't know, it just feels pretty crazy. I, I find that the extra couple of hours we would get with our family to take that later flight is just, I don't know. When I think about it, it takes it takes like an entire week to get over it if we do it that way. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that's that has really worked for my family. It's something to consider for yours. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Plus, then you're not like in the big traffic swarm and yeah, it's, it's just nice to kind of get back to your home base and have a little time to get reoriented. So I love that yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my last tip is uh, to communicate your plan. So I talked about this with Jessica Turner in our interview about finding your fringe hours. But one thing that I know can be problematic around the holidays, especially is expecting people to read your mind, <laughs> which <laughs> I, I admit I have a tendency to do this with John, especially Um, So I may have a mental checklist of things I want to do, and then I'll get grumpy if, for example, I see the rest of my family just kind of relaxing and chilling while I'm bustling around, which I realize is totally irrational and and unfair, right? So I think it's just, it's so much easier when I remind myself to just say, okay, um, communicate the plans, just tell them, you know, these are the few things I want to get done this afternoon. Um, And oftentimes it's helpful because sometimes he'll help rein me in and say, and just push a little bit and say, do you really need to do this or that? Or other times he'll say, hey, why don't I help with X, Y, or Z, which is awesome. So the more <laughs> you can just talk talk about it, the easier your jobs might get. Uh, mind reading. Mind yes. reading. I'm so bad about that. I know. I just did that to John like this week. <laughs> uh, aren't we all though? I mean, I I just, I think that, I think it's, it is universal, it, whether it's with your partner or with your kids. It's like, why would you do that? And and yet when you really actually talk about it, there there is a reason, even if that reason doesn't necessarily make sense. So anyway, very, very wise advice for many things, not just Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Take it forward tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, and I think my last tip uh, is related. And that is um, my tip is to build in time for you to rest. You meaning presumably you're the host. Uh you know how it is. Too often, the host can't enjoy the party. I know that when I throw a party, I I just I don't exactly have fun. Mm-hmm. I just I, I I've beaten myself up about that for a while, and I just realize it's just it's true for me. I get too focused on the details, and so before the day, arrange for just some specific help from your partner, or your kids, or one of your guests, or something so that you can actually sit down and relax. Mm -hmm. Don't just leave it up to chance. So for example, and I'm saying be intentional and specific about it. So one year, what we did when I was hosting Thanksgiving was I arranged ahead of time with my husband rail that once, once we sit down for the meal, I'm off the clock and it is time for you to take over. So if someone needs something from the kitchen or clearing dishes or whatever, that was then his moment to really step in. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. 
it was so great because just like you said, that mind reading thing, like we had just arranged this little, you know, this little setup ahead of time. And so I knew I could look forward to my, you know, sort of butt on the couch time. <laughs> and it was great. I yeah. felt I felt good. And so did he. So just build that build that time in and communicate about it. Yeah, that is so, so great. So, okay, I w- th- those are just, those are eight awesome tips. I'm going to just listen to this episode over and over again in advance of Thanksgiving. <laughs> huh? uh, but let's get to, I guess I'll share my, your next edit right now, yeah. which is to just actually circle back to my favorite tip that I shared today, which is to discuss that Thanksgiving to-do list with your family and give them a chance to jump in and help or ask for help, which listeners will know we're big fans of. <laughs> we're such big fans that that's, Pretty much my your next edit as well, which is to arrange for a Thanksgiving chore handoff with your partner or a guest. Friends, I hope you enjoyed that collection of tips and that throwback conversation with Asha still evergreen today. You'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources and related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. As ever, I would love to hear your thoughts and questions. Come say hello on Instagram or Facebook at Edit Your Life Show or send an email to edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. I would also be grateful if you would drop Edit Your Life a review on Apple Podcasts or tell a pod-loving friend about the show. Thanks for listening. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.